to another episode of the 10 Frame Podcast for Emerging Artists. My name is Kelly Thompson, and you can find me at kellythompsonart.com or on Instagram at kellyktompsonart. I'm Kevin Kirkwood, and you can find me at kevinwillpaint.com or my Instagram handle is kevinwillpaint. Kevin and I will be having a two-person show opening on Friday, May the 26th that runs through Sunday, May the 28th at the Southern Motors Building at 402 Broughton Street in downtown Savannah, next to Blix Art Supplies. The opening reception will be Friday, May the 26th from 6 to 9 p.m. We hope to see you all there. The 10 Frame Now has a patrons page on our website where anyone can contribute to the podcast to help us cover associated costs so we can continue to share our conversations from the artistic community with you. The website is the10frame.podbean.com. Thank you in advance. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. We have the honor to speak with Oki. He's from Singapore, but he's based in Savannah. We're going to learn a little bit more about what he does, but a quick summary would be his practice uh, includes black and white painting on wood panels, paper, and recycled materials that have personal significance and let's just jump right into it. Uki, thank you for coming in today, and we appreciate the time that you're spending with us. Yeah, thank you for coming in. We, we look forward to talking to you. Thank you. I think, you know, having an opportunity, I felt having an opportunity just to talk about something you're into, it's always, you know, the pleasure is all mine, right you know? And then um, uh, I love talking, so, so that's great. Where can people find you? Uh, uh, right now, you can find me on Instagram. You know, my Instagram handle is uh, Ukiman. So uh, it's spelled O-O-K-E-E-M-A-N. Right on. And you're also showing some work at the Telfair Museum yeah. in Savannah, right? Yeah. Currently, my, my uh, solo show is at uh, Telfair Museum, Jepson Center, uh, second floor to the left. Nice. <laughs> what's, what's the title of the show? Uki. It's Uki. Okay. Yeah, it's and my first show, so, so it's... Uh, and the translation I saw, what, can you explain the translation? Yeah, so, so uh, uh, I think that's a commonly asked question uh, uh, because a lot of time because of my, my origin coming from Singapore, so, so people was like, is Uki something in your language? You know, and, and um, um, okay, I, I, I want to clarify certain things often, often asked. So uh, people from Singapore are Singaporean. I think I have heard Singaporeanese, Singapore lander, but just wanted to, to uh, FYI out there, you know, <laughs> a little bit on geography and culture. So, so, uh, so the thing is that Singapore don't have a native language. Uh, if you don't mind, I go into just kind yeah, of a short, unique yeah, history please. of where I'm from. So Singapore is a very young country. So it was founded in uh, 1816 uh, by the British. Mm. So that's really, uh, 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 from there, everybody's in kind of an immigrant on the island. And my uh, ancestry are probably early Chinese traders looking for trade opportunity and then settled, you know, in Singapore. So it's multicultural, multi-religious, everybody's an immigrant. And our official language, you know, we gained our independence in 1965. And our official language, you know, is uh, because it's a multicultural society, the official language is actually English. Oh, wow. I didn't so, so Uki is not any uh, language. Uh, I, I made up that name. Okay. Because uh, when I was doing my art, I think the nature of my art is that uh, it is, 
you know, there's not a lot of intention in what I do my art. It's a, a practice. I think I think for me, self therapy of uh, automatic drawing just to l unload a lot of what is in my head. Uh -huh. But what is in my head are not always uh, distinct. It's a mixture of a lot of things. And then so so the thing is is that it comes upon a a time where you sort of when when you post that and like what is this or or what you call this and then and then I just came up with uh, the name Uki uh, because of the sound. I think it looks like a Uki and it's and and it sounds right. So so the thing is, I believe when you give something a name, uh, it is alive. And then so so and also too, all my art is under the umbrella theme Ukis, uh, and I'm very fluid with with the use of that name. So you can call them Ukis with an S as plurals, representing a lot of them, or or not. Do you draw? So you say it's kind of like self therapy. Yes. Right? So do you find yourself drawing more in the morning or at night? Is it meditative as you close your day, or how do you find I yourself? Think I, I think sometime when I mentioned that as self therapy, you know, it is easy for people to draw, uh, you know, that term therapy as like, wow, you drew a lot. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like therapy doesn't doesn't always necessarily mean that I'm in a traumatic state or I have to recover from something it's negative. Like a vitamin. Yeah. It for me, it's it's it's. I would say therapy more as counterbalancing as a I use it as a counterbalance to to just kind of uh, everything I experience around me so so um so it's like an essential part of your of your life for essential sure part of your being for sure because also too a little bit is the the nature of my uh day job you know uh I teach for a living I teach uh, motion uh, motion media design mm -hmm. so so the thing is that uh, a lot of time, you know, uh, for my students, I act also as a more than just a a teacher in class, but also a mentor and also too a consultant, a consultant to their project. And the thing is that my my daily load is that I have to uh, kind of transition through many headspace to be to be a. Uh, to critique, give direction, and also come up with with alternative and feedback for all these different projects, and with no transitional time, it's like next, next, so that I can uh, go through everybody in, in in a two and a half hour session, and there's many of them, and for the last 22 years. So so the thing is that my 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 daily job, I I love it. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Is that like I go through many different headspace, you know, with them, uh, for them. And then when I come home, it's always that feeling of like, okay, I'm done running, but the trap music is still rolling. You got all that information in your head. Yeah. Right? So yeah. there's there's some time you have to, it's got to go somewhere. Yeah, you gotta, it's spinning. You, you know, my head is... You got to download that information. Yeah, it's, it's, it's spinning. I... I I recall one incident when uh, I'm divorced. Uh, my ex-wife used to tell me when we we're laying in bed is that like, you can actually go do what you want to do because I can hear your head spinning. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and is that and, what that noise is? I hear some background. Yes, comments. exactly. And and the thing is that not just that, not just from the day work, but when you come home, 
it's the news, it's my video game, it's uh, the Star Wars series, it's all this thing combined. And, and uh, I felt it, it really came out of a need to unload uh, just, just kind of, you, you, you know there's only a certain capacity I can hold. It is bursting at the seams, so I have to unload it. But to unload it, you know, I, f I, I felt that is where I felt where, where I'm, you know, where I'm not, you know, if, if say I'm going to go paint and I am going to plan it out, I am going to have a certain, say, idea, commentary, message in my painting, then I guess I'm not un un necessarily fully unloading that I'm adding more. To, to, to what is already in there. So, so it's, it's um, uh, in a way I call it, uh, uh, part of my language is my visual vomit. I just throw it all out. Yeah. So, and it does look like vomit sometimes, right. you know, so. I, I'm, yeah. I'm really interested by what you're saying because I like the, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're, um, I'm backing up just a second. Yeah. Um, the way you're teaching, you're teaching with uh, your, your students are kind of your consult. You're you're consulting your students. Yes. They're, they're your clients, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, and that's what I appreciate when I'm working with teachers, because um, it to me it seems like you're getting into their head a little bit. Yeah. And you're asking questions and you're getting involved in what they're mm -hmm. working, and um, that's something that I really appreciate hearing you say that as a yeah. as an educator. But um, can you talk about what you're teaching its motion design, uh -huh. but can you go a little bit into that, what that sure. means? Sure. Uh, just kind of to follow up what you just said, and, and maybe Kelly, Kelly will understand this better. Yeah. A lot of time, I don't only just play the client. I also play uh, the designer, which is my student, like a, like a co-designer, and also the audience. So, so, so within that span of time, when I'm consulting, looking at their project, uh, helping them develop it, I have to actually play all this different. Uh, I have to wear all this different hat instantaneously. So, so you have to invest yourself to do that. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's role playing, right? And yeah. it comes within. I don't think all educators have that capacity to do it. So I commend. You. I. It's like awesome. You know, it's great to hear that. Thank you. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's. Uh... <laughs> and I can I can see where having the graphic design background yeah. really comes into play there too because you have to do the same thing if you're working in an ad agency yeah you know you get a project yeah you meet with the client um, but you have to know what the, who their customers are too for sure and you have to ask a lot of questions um, so I could see a lot of not similarities but I can see where your experience really kind of bleeds into your role as an educator yeah, I, I, I think with you saying that, you know, uh, maybe it has helped me uh, sort of, uh, or, or it was easier for me to sort of transition into all these different roles because, you know, uh, circumstantially or indirectly, I have to do that uh, uh, in my classroom. And then when I go home, it's, it's, it's quite this thing, you know, uh, even when I came in today, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, you could have felt like there's a lot of distinction when I compartmentalize all these different things in my life. And the thing is that being, you know, when I do my art is also, I think one of my, my, my ability was to able to like, okay, I'm not a designer right now. I'm not, I'm a, you know, this is what I'm doing. Because 
the switching of roles, you know, is uh, come naturally after a while, you know. So, so sometimes, you know, I thought to myself, it's like, maybe I would be good at acting. <laughs> well, a lot of artists take on a persona. Yes. And kind of an alter ego. Mm. Not that it has to be diametrically opposed to your, you know, your role as an educator or your daily yeah. life. But does that help you get into that? space where you can do the automatic drawing um, just thinking okay now I'm Uki man um, I think I think to answer that I will probably uh, maybe trace back a little bit of light when I started painting sort of the initial thought of wanting to do that sort of the I guess you know uh, not necessarily an objective but really just sort of the the starting point of, of uh, why and, and when I really start diving into it. So I don't think uh, it's interesting when asked, when did you start painting? So I guess I always sort of give them a time frame where that first pose, you know, that first pose is, I guess it's like officially when I started painting, when the world know that I'm doing this. But really, I think not just for me, but for all of you, I started painting as soon as, as I could have handled a, a, a writing instrument to start mm -hmm. to actually make markings on paper uh, because that's all my childhood is one of my favorite pastimes is drawing. Uh, I have one sister, you know, and growing up Singapore, uh, you know, um, Singapore is very urban. So, so if you Google it, it's literally a metropolis on an island. So everybody live in a high-rise uh, apartment. So so. What's the? I guess I could look it up, but I'm just curious. Like, what's the distance? What's the width? Okay, I'll, I'll give you kind of a a, 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 a a scope of Singapore. Is that to drive from one coast to the mm -hmm. other is about an hour. Okay. Yeah. And how many million people? Five point five. Okay. Yeah. So so the thing is that it's small and also it's dense. So so the thing is that. The, it's a different, it's almost the opposite, you know, when people ask me about Singapore and Savannah, it's like, okay, there are actually polar opposite on the spectrum. And and the thing is that growing up, it's a different kind of, I think, uh, lifestyle than, than most Americans uh, grew up, you know. Uh, and it's not like, oh, yeah, do you play a lot in the backyard? We don't have a backyard. We live in an apartment on the 21st floor. 21st floor and I was like oh that's not the top floor yeah. it's like 40 you know so where would you play like, yeah at home you know a lot of a lot of times at home with toys with so a pencil and a piece a, of paper a lot of self-amusement a lot of self no, no rooftop pool or or you know rooftop garden that you could go it's, hang it's, out on I I I think in a way in retrospect when I look back at that is that like when you're conformed to a limited space and then uh, uh, you sort of, uh, or I guess I rely a lot on imagination. And I think we all do as, as kids, you know, uh, because uh, thinking back in retrospect is you cannot play with action figures with no imagination yeah. because they are just, you know, uh, action, they're just figures. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that there's always scenario and story in your head. And I think for me is that uh, that's a lot. I remember, I remember I'm also a very sound effect kind of person as a kid. Like I would draw and I'll make sound, pew, 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 you know, or, 
or I will have conversation. And nice. yeah, my, my sister always accused me of like, you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You're, okay. you're crazy. You talk to yourself. I'm like, yeah. uh, I'm not talking to myself. I'm really I'm animating the scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In my head, there's a whole. So, 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 so the thing is that, that, that I think drawing was the, was the really sort of that first uh, idea of how do I put that down? How do I, you know, put that down? So I felt like, you know, the habit, the habit of, you know, what is in my brain and to put it out, it didn't start later. It was always, it was always, you know, kind of those. Or maybe for, I think everybody's doing that, you know, doodles. You know, why do we doodle? Because there are things in our head, it, there's no objective, but I need to let it out. So, so I think it was that process. And the thing is that as I got older, as I got older and older, I felt like there is a urge to kind of re, reclaim a lot of what I, uh, some of the, a lot of the things I used to be able to do, but no longer able to do now. So, um, I'll tell what you something are, funny. What are, what are some of those things? Okay, I'll tell you something funny. So, uh, with one of my ex-girlfriend, one day I was like, hey, uh, do you think we have the ability to play with toys anymore? And she's like, I don't know. I've not done that in a while. So, what we did was we did this little fun thing where uh, only with $20, each person, we went to Toys R Us and go pick whatever, whatever toy. You, but it shouldn't be a board game. It should be just... Like an action figure. Yeah, action figure itself. Later. But it has to be something that you're interested in, right? Yes, Not yes, just yes. something random. Yeah. So, so, so we go a separate way, limited to twenty bucks. We got, we got, we got, uh, we got the toys, and we're gonna go home, and then, and then it's an experiment. I said, like, I'm gonna spend ten minutes playing with my toys. You spend ten minutes uh, with with your toys, and then we'll, we'll try playing together to see if we could recreate that. So, what did you get? Uh, I got. Uh, I think it's a realization also too, because I've not bought toys in so long, you go into Toys R Us, $20 really doesn't go very far. No. Yeah, you can buy one action figure. Yeah. And probably so, not a very big one either. Yeah, right? so, so uh, I got, you know, uh, classic, you know, the, the green- uh, Army Man? Yeah, Army Man in a bag, man. because for 20 bucks, that's where I could maybe create some kind of scenario. Sure. And also, too, interesting fact, I'm a veteran. I was in the military oh, before. That. So so that sort of tie in a little bit. And then... Uh, uh, Which branch? Um, I was a saw gunner in the Singapore Army. Wow. Yeah, 42 SAR. Is wow. that in the air or on the ground? On the ground, Singapore on Army. Ground. Yeah, oh, on the Army. ground. Gotcha. You know, I'm a saw gunner. So, uh, and also, I, I just I probably should explain this part, is that in Singapore, it's mandatory... Uh, military service for um, all males, you know. So, so once you turn a certain age, you have yeah, to go in. yeah, yeah. So I think I was enlisted seventeen. Wow. Yeah, and then you do two years. So, so uh, that's informative, right? Huh? That I, I would assume that that's informative to you, like oh, the, that that little chapter. Sure. Oh yeah, I think. I I think especially in retrospect, because this is almost uh, what. Another day, twenty something years yeah. ago, but and and you realize, you know, at at my age, you know, that's only two years, but those are probably the most memorable two years because 
there are nothing like anything else I did after. And and also too is that oh by the way I'll explain a little bit, you know, uh, saw gunner. So saw saw stands for it's an acronym for section assault weapon. Okay. So I'm a light machine gunner. Oh wow. Yeah. So 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 uh I'm the machine gunner that dismount and run with machine gun. Do you still do you have guns now or do you still are you interested in that today or uh in video games? In video games. In video games game. because when I play Call of Duty, I was like Dude, I actually went to school for this. Right. Does that help you in Call of Duty? Uh, I think so. I think so because uh, the highest ranking, I'm going to flex a little bit with my video game here. Uh, for Call of Duty, during COVID, uh, that was my distraction. Yeah. You know, and uh, my highest ranking was a Grandmaster. Okay. And that's, the, that's not the final ranking. The final ranking will be Legendary. But that is, uh, I'm definitely bragging now, but that is top 3% of 250 million people, wow. players. So so you're okay. I'm okay. Yeah. You know, it's not fair. I did went to school for it, <laughs> you know, and, and the role I play in Call of Duty is a, a machine gunner, right you know, and I know my, it's, it's a, uh, I think it's, it's very interesting, video games and real life. I think video games, you know, uh, because uh, I like to uh, play uh, PVP and you're randomly uh, match with people off the same PvP. way. PVP, help uh, me out. Uh, okay, so it's uh, PVP is when you are up uh, randomly grouped with whatever player is your same rank and you play against. What's it mean? What's the PVP? Uh, person, v person, person, person. I yeah, guess? person okay. versus person. So, so, so the thing, the thing is that uh, a lot of players are realizing Call of Duty. I think they're really good at. Uh, say, re, uh, reflex and cognition, you know, and and also too, no fear for your life because once you die, you respawn. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is that the the funny thing I play about it is that although it's a uh, video game simulation, I am very aware of not dying because you know that was how I'm taught. You only have one chance. Yeah. You don't respawn. So so the thing is that. Uh, a lot of my strategy is not just rushing in and trying to kill people or, or trying to match up with someone who is it's faster. More methodical. Yeah, it's it's really more and also the role of a machine gunner is not to it's not because a machine gun is not necessarily a very accurate weapon, but it is it you know the role of it is to provide uh, cover fire so that the, your other uh, platoon members can move forward right so so i'm kind of aware of that and hyper aware of that so i'm always looking out in an environment because in call of duty there's all kind of environment like a helicopter crash site like a bunker you know i'm always very aware which i didn't realize that after so many years that two years of training is always in me it's there. i'm very aware of uh, entry and exit point right you know the possibility i wherever i stand i always is against a solid solid ground so that uh, I have no eyes behind me yeah and then and it's just more situational than say oh let's go so yeah so when to tie it back to the army man yeah okay or, yeah sorry we, we detoured no, no, so no, much. I wanted to hear all that that was yeah. perfect but I'm just curious it wasn't like you just randomly picked up a bag of army man there's like a little thread to that also I'm sure sure right? I I I think what I was originally intending was like, uh, 
if I could get two or more action figures. But then I mentioned earlier, $20 really don't go. So yeah. I just remember all those army men, they always had, you know, especially the machine gunner. Yeah. His barrel was always bent. Yes. You know, you always get that guy who's, you know, got one crooked leg or, you know, they got. Growing the- up, all my army men are kind of chewed up too. We used to blow ours up. We used to take firecrackers. Uh-oh. We used to play it, put a scene together in the sandbox. And then that's why I'm we so, just light so them envious because we play in the apartment. We cannot, you know, no fire, no, no, no fireworks, yeah, no yeah, yeah. sand so, up so, the elevator. So a lot of that have to be imagination, yeah. have to be the imagination. And just kind of to conclude that quick story with that experiment, oh, yeah, yeah. it failed. What, like, so what did she get? Uh, I think she got, uh, uh, it's kind of like a, like a like a pony like a my little pony like yeah, a small yeah. one did you your get, army men attack her pony is that why it didn't that, work out I, no 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 the no the the thing is that the first part of the experiment when we play separately for 10 minutes and then we come back to each other and then we we play together for like 15 minutes and i was like hey are you enjoying this and she's like not really i'm pretending to have fun but not really i don't know how to anymore i said same thing here is that like I try to, but I cannot. I cannot get that feeling back anymore because I. I. It's. It's. It's kind of sad. I, I. I think the experiment failed, but both of us kind of walk away as like we. We really lost that ability. We really lost that ability. Do you think that that is now just? It's your drawing though. That's where you. Your imagination is. And yes. That's where the... I. I think reason because uh, you know uh, tying that to say my art. Reason because is that uh, my my you know my my headspace now is no longer like when I was a child, whereas there is so much more fantasy and so much so little reality. Right. But now I think you know there's a constant awareness of reality. Let's and, let, yeah. let's unpack that real quick. Yeah, your the paintings that you have. Yeah. Can you describe those? I, I would say, yeah, please just describe your, the work that you're doing. Okay, so, so uh, my painting, you know, it's automatic drawing. So, so I, I felt like, you know, as a artist or a designer, there's, there's two big fears I always have. Uh, I, I, I think I also see that in my student too. A blank canvas is very intimidating. A blank canvas, the first stroke is always very intimidating. Also in design too. And a lot of time that intimidation would cost me to over prep and not that to start because I don't think I'm ready to start yet. And then also too, when I'm on it, you know, then it's the fear of uh, putting down the brush. Is it done? Is it perfect? Is it enough? So there's all this question about it. So in order to, to, you know, like I said, it was a therapy for me. So for me is that like, I took out those uh, two intimidation factor and I just start and the thing is that uh, not knowing what it's gonna be it's okay I think it's a learning experience I think in the very beginning there is there's definitely an interrupted light by hey are you sure you're on the right track you know what is this you know because it's happening before your eyes but there's a liberation over over time, there's a liberation is that I don't really care. I don't really care. 
you know, because there's no intention. So I'm drawing, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm drawing a parallel between the little kid playing with the yeah. army toy and free and carefree and no, yes. it doesn't matter what it is Be to your drawings. Because, yeah. because the thing is that, um, uh, I, I, I think one thing is that when, when I later on became a designer, you know, uh, there, there is a lot of consideration, uh, there's compensation, it became work, mm -hmm. you know, and then you have to be a professional, uh, and you have to articulate everything. And also too, I am in service of my client and I'm in service of my audience. When I was a kid and I'm drawing, there is no intention really. Or when you're playing with the toys, you're yeah, making the it's, noises. It's not like yeah. when I'm done with a drawing, it's like, hey world, look at what I've done. It's really just like, like a lot of time when I'm done, it's just chunk of sight. It's just chunk of sight. And, and I, that was pure joy. You know, mm -hmm. I did that voluntarily out of joy. There was no, there was no reward at the end of it. It was self-rewarding. So, so I wanted to capture that again. And then, and then or, or in a way, I'm allowing myself to do that again. Because a lot of time, you know, when you're older, you almost have to give yourself permission to re, re, redo that. It sounds like you found another way to channel the play yes. into, into this creative um, space that you've created. Yeah. Um, I'm also interested in the process in that, do you do one piece in a sitting? Do you start and finish it mm -hmm. uh, you know, in one session? Or is, are there pieces where you will start and put it away for a while and contemplate? Or is that the opposite of what you're trying to do? Uh, I would say most of my paintings are one session. Uh, is it acrylic? Acrylic and ink, usually. And ink, yeah. you know, and, and if you look at my Instagram, it is 99.9% .9 black and white. Mm -hmm. But they've, they they found a color one you know, in the show, and then I call it the unicorn. Oh, you found the <laughs> unicorn. So, so uh, 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 I'll, I'll break it down for you. Uh, uh, usually in one session, uh, reason because, um, like I said, uh, as intimidating as uh, a blank canvas, it's also quite intimidating when to put down the brush. So the thing is that I, because I'm in that flow state, I'm just gonna let that flow state go as long as possible. So so I actually love doing small work, you know, small work, and. And also at the same time, usually when I do them is, you know, I usually do them at night because I don't have prior uh, appointment, you know, and I, I don't need to be aware of time. You know, I might lose some sleep, but it's all a-okay. You know, so so it's just how I unwound. Mm -hmm. So there is really, and, and the thing is that- When you that, say small, sorry, when you say small, are we talking like less than like 10 by 10s or? Uh, small work, as small as so, like four by eight or so. Yeah, like uh, it's kind of. It's great. Do you carry a sketchbook everywhere? Yeah, I was actually going to to uh, draw as we talk. Oh, nice. Yeah, because Sweet. because it's not a a. Uh, yeah, you know, these are just example of. Of uh, 
you know, the listener might not be able to see, but, but I just, I just, you know, I just really just kind of, it's, it's really just sort of that, uh, the, so they're, they're, the idea of just going to town. Mm-hmm. You is know. it Sharpie on paper? Yeah. So, so the thing is, is that my medium are intentionally, I think intentionally very simple. So there's no prep work, mm-hmm. you know, because, because if that's prep, then I'm afraid that I'm going to coward out. And like, uh, I don't want to give myself excuses because uh, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> and it's just sort of like, oh... I don't have the color I need, and then so so the thing is that I I would uh, uh, use black marker, you know, or or anything that could give me black and white, and I just go to town and not use prep as a a, a like for example the wood panel. I don't prime them; it's raw. Okay. Yeah, yeah. because I don't want I, I I didn't want prep to to. Uh, be an excuse the wood panels are those are larger pieces typically right no small one too okay i have wood panel as small as six by six wow. so speaking of the sizes can we segue a little bit into your current exhibition yeah. at the telfair because i know yeah, there are, are some huge ones and murals up on the yeah the murals on the walls is that was that part of the curation that that you were um directing or was that did the museum curators um, kind of work that out, or did you have an idea to uh, make these really proposal. large? That was right. my proposal. Actually, the mural—it's my bucket list. Because you got these murals, and then you have the smaller pieces yeah, over yeah, top yeah. of them, so, which so I think is a great yeah, um, so juxtaposition. To, yeah, you of have those. to find it. Yeah. So let's talk about a mural first. Let's so, do it. Yeah. so, so the mural was was uh, 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 when 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 we were talking about the show. That was uh, one of my first proposal. Uh, doing a mural is always on my bucket list. Never had the opportunity. Never had the space. Never seen my art in that scale before. So uh, I think I have a little bit more confidence because Will is helping me out and he has tons of mural experience. Will Penny, right? Yeah, Will Penny. Yeah. So so I was like, yo, can you teach me how? He's like, I'll come help you. And then so so with that, I'll, it's it's just kind of like, oh, that would be super cool because it's nice uh, to have the support too right Your yes body's... the know-how yeah you know what paint to buy sure. and, and 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 also too is just really out of my own curiosity because uh uh i really only do small work really before that and then i have never seen my work in that scale so for me uh that is interesting and then did you uh, use uh, just like house paint or wall paint, late latex. Wall paint, wall yeah. paint, yeah. Uh, so uh, that's house paint, and mm-hmm. also too. Uh, okay, you know, I just want to clarify. A lot of people ask, like, oh, did you do the panel like your spontaneous style? No. Oh, okay. No, those are those are just based off painting I've done before. Because at that scale, I can't. You know, I cannot gesture like on the ladder. You know. Once the first one was done. And you step back from it. How did that feel? I mean, when you saw it at that scale. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. I definitely was like a kid. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Because, uh, sure, it is my work. And that was also, uh, uh, the murals were done off like previous painting I've done. But at the same time, not never at that scale. I think that's, that's a moment me and Will and Anto were just standing, stepping back. It's like, 
holy shit. Yeah. Well, what yeah. I saw too, I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah. but is you're normally working at the small scale yeah. and you're kind of outside of it looking in. Yeah. But when you have this big thing, it's like the environment. It's like yeah. you're immersed in it, which yeah. is a total different experience. Yeah. I I think I said something funny to Will. Oh, I can hug Uki now. Yeah, because it's, it's it's big enough for me to like you know so so uh, uh, that was a very fun experience and also too uh, I think it allows uh, 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 sort of maybe in my process that maybe have never happened before I've done collaboration before but maybe not like that where where uh, Will is just you know a couple of feet you know by me and we're just painting and we're just you know, uh, chit-chatting, mm-hmm. we're talking about the Mandalorian, and, and it's just kind of fun to actually... Uh, There's or, camaraderie, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's really fun to to be able to incorporate my friends into it. It's back to the, the, the you know, the one thing, you know, back to when you're a child, what's the next best thing with your toys is when you have your best friend around you and you play along. So this was a, a successful experiment. For sure. Right. Oh, my God. Like, I, I think beyond just successful is just kind of, uh, uh, and also, too, uh, you know, as we're painting that, a lot of uh, the museum staff, they were just sneak peek. And then I was like, pick up a brush. Yeah. Go for it. Which room is it at? I haven't been to see your exhibit yes. yet. I will, but I just haven't yet. Um, where is it at, at the museum? It's on the second floor to the left. Up. So, so if you go up, you know, because uh, there's no gallery space, first floor, because where the restaurant and right. lobby is. So second floor to the left. I know, the yeah. 912. I yes. Think. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't miss it because on the windows, there are uh, uki decals. So oh. from the ground floor, you'll be able to see that. So is have you had your work in museums before? Or no, this? this is my first solo show. So let's go into that world for a little bit. How is that process and how does that make you feel right now i mean the show oh the show yeah uh that's beyond that's next level i think right oh yeah you know definitely you know uh uh a solo show at a museum is to me that's yeah for sure for sure i'm 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 beyond honored to to uh uh you know have the show or or also to exciting for for telfair jepson to have so much faith in me you know, as a, I guess as a rookie, you know, in a way, you know, but also at the same time, you know, I would, you know, You're may, not a maybe I'll, 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 we have to, we have to cut that part out. <laughs> I'm joking. You're what? not a rookie. Okay. Yeah. I mean, You're very well seasoned. I'm artist. a rookie. It's I'm awesome. not a rookie. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, so, so I would, I would kind of maybe rewind and kind of tell you the whole story, you know, of, uh, to the show. Yeah. How it sure. started. So, so uh, the museum reach out, reach out to me uh, because uh, uh, the only place I, I really put my art is Instagram, you know. So, um, uh, Anselin, uh, uh, the uh, curator at Telfair, was like, "Hey, Duff, uh, you know, it, in the very beginning, is like, uh, can you send me high res images of your work?" You know, because uh, that's the only place they could find my work was Instagram, and it was only that size. There's a lot of them, but but uh, so so. Did somebody point them to your to your work, or do you think that I mean it can't 
I think was I, it just a I random? I think one thing is that uh, uh, Enzo Enzo has seen my work before, and 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 uh, I don't know what's the internal dialogue with them at that point, but it's just. I'm under impression. You're just submerged in the in the community, and they yeah, just knew yeah. about your work. I, I I think it's it's one of those things where where at that point it's not like okay the show is happening, but like a consideration. So so do you have an example of your work in high res? So the rest of the people uh, at the museum that are not familiar with me or my work could really take a look. So so uh, I I send her sort of uh, high res picture, but also because I do small work, I'm like. Hey, I'm just gonna give you a couple. You can bring it with you, you know, like uh, six by six, ten by ten. They're pretty small. So, so you know, when you're done, just give it back to me. I didn't think much of it. Uh, I didn't think much of it uh, because um, I, I, I think it it was it was never the intent, you know, to to show. So, so that's why after all these years, there was no uh, expectations. There's really. no expectations, right. and yeah. also too, like, like I, I wasn't looking to show my stuff really, you know. Uh, that's why all these years, like, you know, I, I, I never had a show, you know, or I never seek out for a show. I have been in, uh, say, a group show. Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've been invited to do the A Town Get Down as the a six collaborative artist, you know, and then I also in Taiwan. Uh, I did a collaboration with a ceramic artist, so so it's more like I'm doing what I want to do. Did you catch the blood, the bug? Do you oh, do you want to? Yeah, do you want to do it now more or try to seek opportunities? Uh, yes and no. Um, I would say that it's always an honor. You know, uh, people want to show you and people come. It's it's always a great honor, but also too is that uh, I. I feel like I want to keep my art what it is. And the thing is that, just like Uki, is that if it happens, it's happening. If it doesn't happen, it's A-OK. -okay. You know, it's because it's, I feel like uh, 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 once the show was, was uh, confirmed, uh, that was last year. And OK, this date, you know, and, you know, there's a checklist and there's a schedule. When things become real, then, then one thing I have to be very aware during the process is that I don't want to start designing a show. Because that's where I can see where the lines get a little blurred. Yes, right? for sure. Because you have deadlines. You do have a client, so to speak, in a museum in that... You know, you an know, audience. They, yeah, they, and, an audience. So I see where you're saying your work is very organic mm -hmm. and spontaneous. And the way the show came about seems similar to that process. And if you if that's something you're seeking out from here, then to me that you're already throwing some biases in, and you're you're giving yourself a, a few constraints already. For sure, for sure. And and, and a lot of time, uh, my biggest fear is that a lot of those consideration will be unconscious. Meaning that because the thing is that like my ready another ready to go mode is the designer, so so the thing is that I really don't want to, to design a show because if I design a show, then you really couldn't see the art. So 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 that was I think the biggest struggle. Uh, I wouldn't call it a struggle, but like you know uh, needing to be hyper aware, and also too the thing too is that because. 
the the um, designer nature of me would go like, okay, you know, because because uh, I want to say an exhibition space is totally you know sort of uh, a comfort zone for the designer side. This is how much room I have. You know, like uh, when we're doing layout and stuff, that's not a problem for me at all because I know how to lay things out. I know uh, a spatial. Uh, uh, I know. Uh, I know laying out spatially very well. I'm aware of like the demographic of Jepson Center, the variety of them, and also this and that. But then, but then when you're aware of that, I think in in parts made it easy, easy for the museum because. Uh, there's also a social media promo part leading up to the show. I know how to do that. Mm -hmm. I know how to do that very well, you know. So, so. But the thing is that the fear is that when when there is that aspect, then then the fear is that and I am I subconsciously designing my art for the show or or am I still doing what I'm doing? So, um, I I think I think uh, throughout that it was a a. Uh, uh, that was a period. That was a period that I should be working uh, on painting, but I took a pause. I took a pause because uh, all of a sudden, all those fear of like a blank canvas and when to stop start coming back because because uh, I felt like the designer self is now you're painting for somebody else. Yeah, yeah, it's a I little bit you. taking over. Yeah. So so the thing is, I took a pause. I took a pause, but the scary part about taking a pause. To, to, to really clear my mind is that, okay, I have impending deadlines and impending, and those deadlines are not, they are precise. Yeah, there's no flexibility. They are exact date, they're exact sizes, they're exact, so, so the thing is that, uh, and also too, uh, um, uh, although I made over 500 of them, I don't have most of them, I don't have most of them. Uh, I saw a lot of them. I also gave a lot of them. And also, uh, I burned some of them mm -hmm. for people that are no longer around. And uh, if you're my friend, or or uh, if you're my, uh, most of my friends, have a Uki collection because that's what they get every birthday, every, uh, cool. what, I use them as commodity. Can I be on your birthday list? <laughs> you first it's, have to be my friend and I think we are already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my birthday's today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so 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 the so the thing is that like uh uh ninety nine percent of of the show is new work, is new work, is made between um, last year and this year, and then that pause. I think that pause was necessary uh, to to really like like uh, learn learn how to separate the two, and 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 I think the the crunch. Or, or like the challenge would be is that, you know, uh, like you said, you know, my first solo show, it's in a museum. And part of it is also responsibility because the responsibility come because you're given such an opportunity. I want to also do the museum proud and not just like, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna do whatever because the thing is that like, you know, I wanna honor that opportunity. So, so, so the thing is that all of a sudden it goes from my therapy very carefree to, okay, now there is kind of uh, borders and definition. So that pause that I took was when I went back to Singapore. And when I went back to Singapore, what I did was like, maybe it's good 
to kind of clear my head a little bit. Uh, uh, it was in December, mm -hmm. you know, during the winter break. I, I went back to Singapore, and also uh, uh, I I usually go back yearly, but because of the pandemic, uh, the time before I went back, the last time was almost two and a half years, and I miss my family and stuff like that. I felt like maybe it's a it's a good thing to to because guess what you know. Uh, most of the time when I'm back home uh, visiting, I am hooking, or my mom like to say, are you making noodles? Yeah, come <laughs> out for some real noodles, you know? So so um, I felt maybe I can go to uh, my parents' place. Uh, I don't have a studio, but my parents' place is one of those studios, in quotation, that I, I, I've, I've worked in. So when I'm there, I felt like, uh, you know, if you ask me, so, so I packed one luggage full of like small wood panels, you know, hoping to get it done there. Mm -hmm. But when I was there, you realize that like the whole intention of going back is not to pain, is to see my family I've not seen for so long. And it's not a priority anymore when you see them, when you landed and it's like, I miss Singapore, I'm not seeing you guys. Tell me what you experienced during the pandemic me the same and then you know the 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 painting part become very low priority you know it's it's in the back of my head it's low priority even my family's asking me is like are you not going to paint because they see all these bubble wrap panels that i have it's like i thought you're going to come back and paint and you have the show coming up. i think those breaks are important for any yeah. artist you know you recharge the batteries a little bit maybe give you a little bit of perspective yeah for sure step back and uh, I felt like it's very interesting, and then um, uh, Anselin, the curator, uh, kind of noticed is that a lot of the, uh, some of the work you, you did in Singapore was a lot more geometrical than organic. I said, like, if you go to Singapore, you'll understand why. There's no curves. It's just skyscraper everywhere, and tunnels, and subway, and underground. You know, it's, it's just a, it's more geometrical than organic. You know, Singapore is vector. Yeah, it's vectorized. So so the thing is that I felt like in Singapore, did I really paint a lot? No, but I felt in Singapore, what was happening to me and I think uh, came at a really good timing was that, you know, definitely uh, uh, refill my juice a little bit, give me a little break from say teaching, you know, but also more so is just kind of a reconnection, not only just with my family, but uh, Little Duff, you know, where where he used to be, he used to play, he used to whatever. It's really a recollection of, 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 of uh, all those things. And then, and then when I came back, that was when I realized uh, something, something, which is you know, the, the very answer to my challenge earlier of like, okay, I have an impending show. I wanted to, to do my best to honor this opportunity that was given to me by the museum. But yet at the same time, I don't want to design a show. And then it's a realization that, you know, coming back from that experience, having that, that sort of cleansing of palate. I think when I came back to Savannah, you know, the juices fill up. Uh, and also secondly too, is really just sort of that idea of you realizing that um, the uh, museum approached me because they like what they saw and there's no reason to 
and also in my diction my definition of uki there is no such thing as making it better or more pretty it doesn't exist so so conception yeah, yeah conceptually what i'm thinking is actually a non-option there's no way to make it better there's no way to make it more beautiful there's no way to to uh, improve it you know in in context and 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 this whole thing i'm worrying about actually don't exist you know it's just kind of it's all mental and also at the same same time too is that i think at the end of the day with that experience you know uh hanging out with my family it's really just kind of like if there's a reason why i want to show my work uh to anybody it's really that i really want you to partake in this therapy that i do myself you know i i i enjoy and balance myself getting lost in my work i want you to do the same you know so the thing is that with that perspective you know uh you know i still wanted to do a good show but the the priority of like okay i want to do a good show and make everybody happy dissipate and that give me absolute right and and i think part of that also stream from when you are put in the spotlight the vulnerability the vulnerability of like judgment okay what if my student my peers or strangers you know it's it's always back to design because there's always a rubric and a measure mm -hmm. what if it's not successful what if it's not good what if people tell me i suck and and then it's a it's is really just i think a really good building block for me uh now instead of closet artists coming out mm -hmm. probably the craziest way ever you know <laughs> from a closet artist to to, to it's a big leap it's right? a big leap is really just kind of in conclusion i think the attitude i have uh with the show and also my headspace now is that like i am coming before you vulnerable unashamed Honest. and proud yeah yeah I, I i almost have to come to that state to to accept myself now as a showing artist it's it's also a a a a transitional state but also uh i guess i would consider all these things in retrospect you know uh they might be stressful at, at times but in retrospect looking back they're all building blocks blocks for me they're growing pains they're growing pains and 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 i think personally for me to 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 go from maybe that was why i never had intention to show mm -hmm. because maybe i was uh trying not to experience vulnerability in that way but the thing is to face it head, head on is that there is a certain comfort and therapy in also too uh coming out of the closet uh with my art and also at the same time you know uh feeling vulnerable you know still feeling vulnerable but unashamed of that and 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 when the show started, I'm actually proud of, proud of, you know. One of the things, mm. most artists, I don't know if you experience this as well, when you're making art, somebody else is looking at it. It's not that you need the feedback or the acceptance or the appreciation, but if, if there are a large group of people that can, that can, you know, have a good connection with your work, to me, that's, you're, anytime you're sharing art, makes society a better place yeah you know people are experiencing it in a positive way you know you're you're adding something to the collective so to speak yeah 
I, uh, there's something that I'm doing with my show right now is that uh, people there are encouraged, you know, there are stickers. And then you, whatever painting you felt should be, a, they are t the, all the paintings are titled, but uh, whatever you think the title should be, you can write on the sticker and stick next to the painting. Because I want all my audience to have ownership of my painting is that this is what I believe when you name, when you name something is yours. Uh, you might not be able to physically own it, for, but for that moment is yours and whatever it meant to you. And also re-looking at those stickers, uh, it allows me to also experience my own art through your headspace. So, I like that. So, so the thing is that uh, uh, I, I felt sometime art, art could be uh, intimidating, even to a viewer. I think a lot of time, you know, um, I have experienced this uh, uh, when I went back to see my show and there are other uh, uh, visitors there. And then uh, they kind of know I'm the artist because in the artist bio, there's a picture of me. And so also when they come in, there's a picture of me. I'm kind of hard to miss. Small Asian round glasses. So, so oh, you're the artist. So I, I felt like there's a certain level of intimidation sometime because uh, uh, they're happy to see you. But I think sometimes people are a little bit afraid of like, what do you think of it? Mm -hmm. Because then uh, uh, the thing is that then whatever you say as an audience, then me as an artist is judging your perspective. So, so, so uh, I remember I met this lady and I would be like, hey, do you know that you can title this? And then, and then uh, she kind of was reluctant about that. It's like, I don't know anything about art, you know, like, I'm like, no, tell me, please. You know, because uh, there is no judgment here. What I'm trying to create uh, uh, in this space is actually a safe house for everybody, you know, because guess what? Me, the artist, I don't know what I'm drawing. So like, whatever you say is not, there's no right or wrong, but it gives me more insight to what I do and who I am. So there was one, one painting in there, I can show you later which one it is, is that to be honest, this looks like the mess behind my TV, all the cables jumble up. And then I look at her as like, behind my TV is the same thing. Yeah. So the thing is that like, she might not be wrong. You know, that could, that could, that could have been the inspiration inside. It's just that I'm... There's a mosquito I'm, floating around. It's, Sorry. It's okay. You. you know, we have uh, some live audience you know, in this <laughs> session today. So... No, we don't. Sorry. Yeah. So, 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 so I felt like I wanted that because uh, it's, it's, it's back to, it's, it's like recapturing what I, what I was uh, talking about all along where you know when you're a kid and you drew something and your buddy come over and it's like, what are you doing? Hey, check this out. You know, this is Darth Vader and these are, and then you start, you know, and the thing is that, oh, really? And then your friends say, I, I, I thought that was uh, Chewbacca. And then you, you kind of, it's, it's really non-judgmental at all. People are able to say whatever they feel. And I love that because uh, to me, art shouldn't be right or wrong. Or in my scope, in my art is that I just really, you know, the, the therapeutic part is for me was not being afraid to feel lost 
or enjoying being lost and not knowing uh, uh, exactly what I'm doing. So there is no judgment in you not, not really being able to tell what I'm drawing because I don't know either. So, so that was what I'm creating, you know, I guess, you know, my art and together uh, a safe house for anybody. And I felt art should be inclusive. When you're drawing at night, yeah. do you, I mean, I'm not trying to be weird, but do you like, is it dimly lit? Are you listening to music or is it silence or what okay. you, what's going on when you're creating stuff? I, none of that matters. Mm -hmm. A lot of time, you know, uh, I don't have a studio. That's why I'm here today. Yeah. You know, I'm a, uh, I draw at home and, and, you know, except the bigger pieces, I have to borrow Will's garage to okay. do the bigger pieces because I don't have space for it. And it doesn't matter. It's, it's a, most of my art is done on my dining table. Yeah. Just like, just like before I used to draw at home at, you know, my parents place at the dining table a lot. And that's the dining table to me. Uh, in many ways it's special That's it's it, it's familiar mm -hmm. like I do my drawings there I think I remember my my dad used to do taxes on the dining table everybody used it my sister doing homework on the dining table is the multi-purpose the desk yeah so so the thing is that like I don't need a quiet space a lot of times something's playing on the TV you know or I have music on or or you know uh, I don't have special lighting you know, it's it's just going back to a very raw state. Mm -hmm. And also too, when I'm painting, none of this really matters because uh, when I'm painting in the headspace, uh, uh, people ask me that before, I'm gonna describe it for you to the best of my ability. Uh, people is like, oh, when you're doing that, are you extremely relaxed or are you really happy? Do you feel like a child? I would say that when I'm in that state, when I'm painting, it's a vacuum. I don't feel anything. And that's a great feeling. I don't, because I'm so focused, I'm hyper-focused because I am, I am, you, it's, uh, I'll try to explain, I'll try to verbally describe and explain to the best of I humanly can with words. Yeah. So the feeling is like, uh, have you ever been lost? I'm most of my life. Yeah. So when, when you're lost, you become hyper-focused. Because when, when, you know, say if you're taking the usual route to your usual destination, you're kind of half daydreaming and half going there because you know it so well. But when you're lost, you're freaking hyper-focused because you kind of don't, everything is new to you. So, so the thing is that when I'm drawing, because I don't know where, where I'm going, I'm hyper-focused to write at, and people ask me is like, do you see a projection? Like a, a lot of people try to uh, uh, visualize my process like, oh, do you see like a ghost lines and you follow them? No, it's that the focus point is that moment, the very moment and it goes. And also uh, you, to do that, to be able to do that, you really have to put down all your guards and like believe and just go. So so during that moment, I am extremely focused, but when you're extremely focused, you are also extremely relaxed because uh, apart from that, nothing else is around. So eat, no, there's no consideration of like where I, there's no awareness of where I am. The TV is going on, I don't hear them. You're in that vacuum. 
I think that there's something to be said. You're saying when you're lost that you're hyper-focused, but when I'm walking daily, I'm, I'm doing these yeah. walks, when I know where I'm going, mm. um, when I know where I'm going, I tend to not look at my environment. I tend to just look down at the ground. Yeah. And that's when I'm looking down at the ground, it's, uh, that's where my imagine, imagination runs free. It's just wild. And, um, probably my most creative moments are whenever I'm familiar with where I'm going yeah. and I just get zoned out. It's, it's polar opposite from what you're saying, but there's still production yeah. going on. So, 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 so that was the state. So, so I think, I think that is why for me, there's no need for a studio because I don't need a designated space. Yeah. And also too, is that funny enough, I can also draw and hold a conversation with you at the same time. The, the realization maybe like the, the cognitive side is completely different from, from anything. So I can, I've done that before where I, you know, talk to me and, and I'll draw and, and, and I'm al almost, uh, there's two, two of myself, you know, doing that. You right. Know? Yeah. When so, I was asking about the studio, it wasn't necessarily describing a physical space. It was more about the vibe that you're creating for yourself. Yeah. And it could be anywhere. It could be a coffee shop or your dining yeah. room table or some huge warehouse. I yeah. was just curious about, because we're all unique artists, you know, mm -hmm. many of us are, are artists that listen to this podcast and we're all unique and uh, learning a little bit about that kind of intimate moment when you're creating your work. I think that's an interesting Yeah, aspect. so, 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 so there have been, uh, uh, or, or, uh, I guess figuratively, my studio is here. There you go. Yeah, my st it's a mobile studio. It's yeah. it's a mobile studio, and and in your head and and that state, uh, probably I guess the the you know when I'm describing it, I was like I would guess that's the flow state, you know that's so, the flow state. That's sounds like the ultimate definition of flow yeah. state yeah flow I mean, you're state. focusing on where your writing utensil meets the surface mm -hmm. correct yeah um do you are you guys into soccer a little bit yeah yeah you play a little bit of soccer you know the savannah clovers do you know savannah has their own football, soccer i team? didn't know that they do a little plug for them they um it's their inaugural season so uh -huh. not many people from savannah know that they that they even play it's, the reason i mentioned soccer is that like you know when you play soccer and you dribble and you dribble past somebody, you didn't plan that. You know your your legs kind of know what to do, and I mean I'm sure between here uh, between your brain and your legs, there there are something happening. But also too, it, you are everything happens. You know each step into a, a, a series a sequential of movement. You know, to to do something, and and a lot, I don't know if you have those moments where, as like, uh, you dribble past somebody, and then you're in third person. It's like, whoa, how did I do that? You know, so 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 it's it's it felt like that sometimes. It's it's almost uh, uh, muscle memory, isn't that what? It is? Muscle memory. It's also like uh, just. I don't know, you know, like, but what, you know, but when that happened, it's such a unique uh, sort of 
experience compared to anything else because I guess like on the daily most of all most of anything I do is objective oriented you know I'm going to the fridge because I need a cold drink I'm going to the bathroom because I need to pee you know it's always objective oriented and and it's a it's a seldom feeling where 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 it's not objective oriented. You're grabbing a pen. You're grabbing some paint. Sometimes you're yeah. grabbing some paper, and you're just letting. That That's fly. why we doodle. Yeah. That's why we doodle because right. the thing is that like, uh, uh, you know, in a way, in a way, you know, uh, I, I made uki a verb. It's it's called it's called ukiing, you know, and I feel like, you know, the moments. Or, or moments when I see people doodle, and a lot of time they are not conscious. It's like, why are you drawing? Hmm, I don't know, you know. And 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 that's that's the very essence of uki. So uki is is it that? In your definition of what uki is, is it that hyper focused when that pen is on the paper and it's flowing? And or in my world, when I'm walking and I'm just looking at the ground and creative, just sure energy. I I, I, I want to say it's a headspace. It's I, I want to say, uh, you know, as as I'm explaining my process, my art, I also want to say that the the act of uking is actually uh, it's not unique to me. I think everybody has the ability to do that. You know, and it's not ability. It's actually, you know, maybe the reason why we doodle, artists or not, why we doodle. My mom doodle when she's on the phone with my aunt. You know, uh, why do they doodle? It's a natural instinct within us to, you know, just kind of express ourselves when maybe we don't know uh, how to uh, logically express that. You it's, know, it's also that energy. That you were mm-hmm. referencing, you know, at the end of your day when you're laying in bed, the motor's still going, right? It's, yeah. That's the energy. So, so the output is actually effortless effort. You know, uh, does it take effort? Yes. You know, and I do have limitation. The only thing with, with uh, uh, me doing my art, the limitation will be uh, uh, space. And space, you know, that's why I like to do wood panel because uh, a lot of my painting... Space uh, in terms of real estate that you're able to work yeah, yeah. on. Yeah, so, yeah. So after surface, uh, I, I would also paint. Do on the side. Yeah. And a lot of them, you might not be able to see it because it's, it's hung on the wall. It goes behind. It goes behind and it continues. So so that's why I love wood panels because uh, the dimensionality of that allows me to... Okay, you know, sometimes like, like some of my paintings, like uh, uh, there are layers of them where I paint over because there's no more space. Then, then if that space on the side will bleed over because uh, I've maxed out my space, but ugh, there's still a lot of flow coming out. So, so it goes that way. And then, uh, and also too, some of them are are very, very small, almost only occupying maybe real estate wise, just fifty percent. You know, there is no. Uh, that's also the fun part is that like you know when someone asks me like how how much time do you do you need to do this one or that one? I'm like, how long is six hours? This one is like maybe one, yeah. you know, or less. And uh, and another limitation is physical, like uh, uh, my my wrist, six hours. Six hours is the max right. where where I have to. And then and then uh, the big paintings is my back, you know, my back also six hours, 
That you makes know. Sense. Yeah. So so uh, back to back to one of the question earlier is that uh, the bigger painting not in one session. Right. Uh, I would wish it could be in one session, but it's really more physical limitation. Yeah, I get it. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. When we get um, back to the environment a little bit of mm -hmm. the show, mm -hmm. uh, we have these large pieces or murals with the smaller pieces inset. I want to talk about the, the audio part of it oh, as yeah. well. Um, that's a very, very important part of, yeah. of the show. And that's when I was, I was mentioning to you when I, when I did, took the virtual tour, mm -hmm. I had the audio on at the same time. Yeah. I really liked that experience. It was... It that audio, like, that audio that you hear the virtual tour on Instagram, mm -hmm. that is actually a, a short documentary. Uh, my collaborator, Tori Kurtz. So, so uh, uh, there's no meaning that the virtual tour don't have the the vocalization. That's that's just sort of a, a, a excerpt from the documentary. Actually, when I did, uh, I went on online yeah. and went to the Telfair's website, mm. and they have them separate, and it's just the soundtrack. Oh yeah, and then there's a virtual tour. So I was, I, I actually had the music on the Telfair site, yeah. and then I had my phone where I was doing the virtual tour on Instagram. So there was no sound on my phone, but the sound was coming through my speakers on the computer. Can I do a plug? You guys really yeah. need to go see the show in person, man. Yeah. Well, we're definitely. Gonna yeah, go. yeah. I, you, I know. I'm gonna yeah, you, you need when's, to experience it. Uh, when's it close? Uh, the show? Yeah. September 9th. Nice. I'll yeah, so you have a lot of time, yeah. you know. And when you go, I'll love to go with you. That would be I'd awesome. I'd love to hear... 100%. Uh, uh, I'd like to... I'm looking forward to putting some stickers. Yeah. Out. Oh, we should have done this at, at the museum space today. Yeah, this, no, this podcast. Nice. We, can, we can do a, we can do a follow-up. Yeah, we can... And yeah, then, yeah. Yeah, we'll we can do a, do a video, so... so. Um, and I'm going to have to... I head out here shortly. Yeah. You guys are, you can, you can roll as long as you want to. I actually to, but have to head out. Soon yeah, soon. I have yeah. a, I have a meeting. Um, but I do want to, I want to. That's why I wanted to segue into the soundtrack. Yeah, I really, I really want, want to talk about talk that about that. Because, so let's uh, yeah. let's get into that a little okay. bit. So so the whole soundscape happens because uh, I teach motion media design. So so uh, uh, the, the first time I when we did did a walkthrough with the preparer with the curator of the space, the first thing was like, can I have sound? Because uh, what I do daily is motion and sound. It's like, felt so quiet, you know, uh, I want the sound for it. And then they look at me as like, what kind of sound do you want? So I, I, I took out my phone, I'm like, can I play this album? Which is, uh, the album was uh, from a video game, Katamari Damasi. A Japanese video game uh, and it has a soundtrack that I felt that I've always felt very uki light or or that soundtrack sort of you know sort of mimic what I do and the moment I turn on the soundtrack I think because we're just looking at empty walls there's no painting or whatever but I felt like everybody from their body language and expression was like oh yeah I get you now I I, I kind of know what you're going for or the vibe so so the thing is that uh, we're gonna do that, but then the museum came back and like, a you know, uh, to acquire the permission for the track is over budget, so we cannot we cannot play the track. So so I was like, oh, but I really want sound. So I reach out to my uh, musician friend Tori Kurtz, and I was like, hey, 
this is what's happening, you know, um, do you want to collaborate on a soundscape for it? And she was like, uh, cool, but, but it was quite late in the game. It was, you know, a, a month and a half, you know, before it happens. So, so the thing is that we approached this because uh, she lives in Ohio. So, so it's FaceTime, phone call, Zoom, you know, and one thing is that uh, um, uh, Tori really wanted to know uh, a lot of my process, my art, what I'm thinking, and and not just visually, but she's very interested in like more the essence, not just a skin to go with the visual art, but rather where it came from. So a lot of our talks, it's also very therapeutic because a lot of talk involved me talking about my trip back to Singapore, you know, uh, you know, and also catching up. So how's life now, mm -hmm. and all that good stuff, and 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 when that, when that, when that, uh, and 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 the thing was that I wasn't asking for much, but that was actually enough for her to generate twelve tracks, you know. So so one of the things was uh, uh, the soundscape. So so the thing was that she was constantly sending me, you know, a track when it's done. So as I'm still painting at the time, I would listen to the track. I would listen to the own soundscape and actually paint. So so that become a a a, a one more uh, sort of ingredient into the mixture. So it's a true collaboration because uh, the songs are inspired by by my art and myself, but my art is also inspired very much by by sort of sort of. You know, as each track come in, I would paint as I listen to them in loops, and and the thing is that uh, then then the museum came and like, hey, do you want to have any merch? You want to sell in the museum store, you know, uh, with your show? So I was like, hey, Tori, what do you think if we do a vinyl record? I didn't know that there was that. Aspect yeah, yeah, too. there is. You can you can get a seven inch limited vinyl record of two of the tracks okay. at the museum store. Do you also have shirts or no? Just vinyl records because okay. uh, that you should have sold those shoes. Those shoes look really cool. I know, but like those are, take so long to make, you know. So 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 the the thing is that the vinyl records that uh, I mean it then it added another aspect to that. We have to find a vendor to press the vinyl record, and also it's going to be record time. It has to be pressed and coming out. So why seven inch? That's the cheapest one. Okay, <laughs> we can get away because. Once you go to ten or twelve inch, exponential the cost price. So so the thing is that like uh, uh, for seven inch, each side is max uh, four minutes. So we have two tracks, two tracks on there, and then and also to the, the big reason for that is to commemorate my collaboration with Tori. You know because uh, her what she's showing is a lot. It's also very a big part of her show too because as I took out a visual, she really took care of like the invisible soundscape. Can, but do you yeah. know the website or where can yeah, yeah, yeah. contact her? Yeah, for sure. You know, like like I can give you her, her, her information if you if you want yeah. to talk to her. And she made a documentary because at the artist talk she couldn't come here until the end of this month. So she made a documentary explaining her part. And and the thing is that I want to commemorate our uh, uh, collaboration in the physical thing that people can have. Uh, of course, you know we're in 2023. Not everybody owns a a record player so so there is a, a what a record player what's a record a, a vinyl record kidding. player yeah <laughs> so 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 and also too 
uh, that's why you could also download it digitally. But why a vinyl record player? Because I'm old and I don't know. There is something about a vinyl record that is 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 still very cool to me. Us that grew up with vinyl yeah. are nostalgic for it. I mean, it's yeah. just nothing Nostalgia. better than listening to one of the albums that you had when and you were younger. Also more ritualistic when you play it yeah. because you have to put it on the plate turn on the plate Plus drop the not, needle you know you you hear a little bit you hear a little bit of crackle in there you that's know, cool so, yeah I that's like that very too. ooky yeah. you know so 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 that was that was the collaboration Can, do you have to go to the museum to get the record or is it online no it's it's only uh at the museum okay very limited uh very limited because high high costs of manufacture sure there's only 36 pieces I don't know how many pieces left. You right. know, it's only three weeks. You know, I don't. I don't know how. Uh, the intent is not really to really make money, but no, but right. but just to to have that memory. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So so that was that, and I think all in all, you know, uh, uh, just to maybe conclude this whole journey to this show and after the opening in retrospect is that uh, definitely. First of all, uh, I would like to take this opportunity to thank. Telfair, uh, Telfair Museums, uh, Jepson Center, and you know, uh, curator staff that uh, even their social media team that has been uh, you know working around me. And I want to say, as an artist, you know, I felt so pampered where you are surrounded by all these professionals, and their goal is to really showcase you. And I felt really pampered, uh, very easy to work with. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, congratulations Thank on your you. show. Yeah. And, um, I just appreciate being around you. It's kind of, you're self-aware, you're very thoughtful about what you're doing, and you're hardworking. It's, it sounds like you're very multifaceted, and those are things that I really respect and I appreciate. So. Thank <laughs> you for... Restless, maybe. Restless, maybe, yeah. but I really appreciate the time that you spent with us. So oh, thank definitely. Thank you for, for coming and, by. And although, you know, the listener might not know this the first time I met uh, Kelly and Kevin. Yeah. And I already feel like we're going to be friends. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I think so. so, too. And I'm very interested in experiencing your show firsthand. And I would love to do a follow-up. Um, oh, for sure. Do a, do a remote. I was thinking, too, the you know, if we're going to do that, see if you wanted to uh, do videos and you we can kind of pinpoint a certain painting and talk about it so so people like can see it too yeah that would be awesome. great yep yeah this has been great i really appreciate all of your insights and i think we really got a good look at you know where you're coming from and a little bit of your background but i'm also interested in where you go from here too mm. so it's exciting yeah, yeah i can't wait to see what happens me too <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to have anybody interviewed or if you have any questions or comments, please hit us up on Instagram at the 10 frame.